Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week and all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 69, nice, of Screwball, okay. <laughs> and, and this week um, is, at least for me, uh, a pretty slow news week in what I was trying to find here, um, but we got the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby coming up, so we got some discussions with that, we got some updates on Home Run Derby participants, but as we usually do on the podcast, we're going to start out with our topic of the week, uh, and then go into the news after that. Uh, with our topic this week, I'm going to keep it like we usually do again with letting Frank lead off with this. He kind of, uh, brought it a little more unique topic to our attention. And, uh, like I said, I'm just going to let him, uh, kind of take it from here. It's regarding, um, you know, contracts, what is regard as winning, you know, is a contract good? Is it bad? Should you sign the long contract? Stuff like that. So I'll let, I'll let Frank kind of guide the conversation and kind of, kind of explain what he's talking about here. So. Yeah, so like you said, I want to mostly talk about um, should you pay these guys? Do you trade these guys? Do you let them walk as a free agent? And we want to bring that up because um, I guess the way you could tie it in is look at the 10-year, $300 million, $400 million contracts like Bryce Harper. The Phillies aren't winning. They're 500. And I don't think Harper even made the All-Star team. I think you're right, yeah. $300 million man. So is it worth paying these guys – and the Pujols is obviously, uh, you know, a current day situation for, you know, for the Angels. Is it worth paying 10-year contract for Pujols to get four to five, maybe six years of, you know, kind of what you're paying for? But then have four, maybe four years at the back end that it's like, ah, uh, he's may- maybe serviceable, but you're paying him a lot of money. Is it worth doing that? And to make it worth doing that, do you have to win a World Series to make it worth it? Now, if you're that's where you get in the tough situation. Is it worth, you know, was it for the Angels, was it worth paying Pujols? Uh, mm. I think for the Angels, no, because they're in L.A. But I was like, the Royals would have paid them. Maybe it's worth it. Even though you didn't, if they, even if they wouldn't have won, because it's a big name legend, brings people into the crowd, or like the Rays or something like that. Maybe it's worth it. But if you're the Angels, I don't think it's worth it. True. The Dodgers, I don't think you win. Or the Yankees. You know, I don't think you win those deals like the Mets. You don't really need. You're not trying to bring people in the door for those mm. teams. For those teams, you're trying to win. A Rod was one we've seen. Was it worth the Yankees having paying A Rod? We've seen the fallout at the end. Mm. And I mean, the one year he came back, he was great. That was anomaly. Yeah. But you know, is it was it worth it for them? I think it was. They won. They won once, but they won. So was it worth it? Sure. Do you? But if you're building a team, do you take that chance? Saying, well, our fallout could be bad. We could be paying him for nothing. Could hurt our team. Tigers, you're paying Miguel Cabrera quite a bit of money. He's not producing quite like you want him to do. The team's not good. Is it worth having him? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the question. So, I, I think it comes down to certain teams it's good. Like maybe Detroit's a good yeah. team to have Miggy. Big name guy. Everyone wants him. Everyone loves him. Even mm-hmm. still to this day. But... That's why I think that's why I see a lot of teams going away from the ten-year contracts and the big deals because they don't want to be like, eh. unless we win, we lose this mm-hmm. more times than not. Yeah. 
I agree. Uh, you, I mean, there's a lot of good points you brought up. First of all, the team doesn't matter. Like you said, the Royals or the Angels or Royals Yankees or you know, there's teams that um, signings are going to be under more scrutiny if they don't win. You know, to to bring it to the Yankees, uh, there's been a lot more conversation now finally on what you do with Aaron Judge, a guy who's pushing 30, and do you give him the big deal and a guy that's questionable as far as his health, and there there comes a lot of problems now. Then you have a guy like, like you said, like Pujols, which at the time seemed like a pretty easy signing. You bring him to L.A., you sign him for a lot, you're like, all right. And at the time they brought over C.J. Wilson, who at the time was, was a, a premier starter. Um, so like, all right, we're, we're ready to go. And now it's, you know, now he's on the Dodgers and he's, you know, he's over 40. It is what it is. Uh, age happens. So then you reflect on the contract and you go, well, angels didn't win anything. Was it worth it? Well, I think in a lot of ways it was in a lot of ways it wasn't, but, um, it's hard to say. And sometimes it, it sometimes could be left for the fan base to judge. Did they enjoy those times, you know, with the player? Did they have fun seeing him on the field day in and day out, have his jersey and, and having promotions for him. And does it bring in and that's another thing, does it bring in good revenue for the does does the, do they see a kind of a, a payment on their yeah. on their investment in and, a player? And that's like what I said, the Angels, does it work? Did it work for the Angels? The Angels I don't know. Not that mm. they're a big winning franchise, but they're in a big market mm. competing with a team that was is is and was winning. Mm. So does it work? Now if you're you know the Yankees, you won the World Series. Now, now I'm on the other side of it with the Cardinals. When they first let Pujols leave, they lost that. The fans were very upset. League people around the league were kind of surprised. Fans were like, "Hey, you just lost, you just lost a generational hitter, one of the mm-hmm. greatest hitters of all time." And uh, you know, at the time, thought of as like a Mister Cardinal, and he left. And you're like, "Oh," but then year one, year two, year three rolls on. All of a sudden, another guy comes in. At the time, Alan Craig came in and had a great year. And mm-hmm. you had a couple of young guys come in and play good. You kind of don't think of it so much. You're winning. You keep winning. The Angels aren't winning. You keep winning. You don't think twice about it. Yeah. But at the time, you lose face by doing that. Sure. Yeah. But in the Absolutely. long run, the Cardinals won that. That's true. But they didn't win either in that time that he was gone. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's like, did they really win? Yeah. That's the thing. How do you decipher? I don't know. I really, I, I, I think you, you get your money's worth out of it is always the big question. Mm. So the Cardinals obviously didn't pay him for, they got more productivity from somebody else. But you lost your friend, a franchise guy. The Cardinals don't really need it. So it's it's a touch, it's a tough situation. If you're running a team or owner or a GM, what do you do? Mm. Smart things probably not pay him. It really is. Yeah. But the five years out of a 10-year contract, if he's going to be really good, those five years, and you win a World Series... It was, it was worth it. And you could, to make it simpler, I know this is kind of a tough topic, to make it simpler, it's the same concept with the Cubs. They traded Torres to get Chapman. Did that work? They won the World Series, it worked. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Let's not go into what the stats are this year for, you know, Torres, but it won. It worked for them. Yeah. They brought a guy in who they won to win the World Series. They won the World Series. It worked. Five, six years later, that guy's career turned into a, you know, he's a superstar. Well, you can go, well... But it worked. You got the World Series. That's all you yeah, wanted. You so broke it's the, the same. Curse. It's the same concept with a trade as it is with these contracts. Did you win? That makes it worth it for sure, hands down. If the other team won without him, God, it makes it worth it for them. But if you want to get into the nitty gritty, what team did it? Yeah. Mariners brought a guy in like that. Hey, bring some fans in. You know, maybe brings another free agent in. You know, all of a sudden this guy wants to go play with him. Maybe it changes things. 
Right. Changes the whole locker room, whole clubhouse. Absolutely. You know, you bring him into the Dodgers. The Dodgers signed Mookie Betts, his 10-year deal. If they never won that 10 years, the Dodgers lose that deal. Absolutely. you got to win when mm-hmm. you're a team like that. you got to win if you're a team like the Yankees. you got to win, you know, Cardinals, Mets. you got to win. Agreed. You're the Rays. You bring them in. You bring some fans in. Hopefully, you play good. If you don't, you took a shot in the dark. Yeah. And, it, you know, fans enjoyed the time the guy was there. Yeah. Brought some fanfare. Brought some more, you know, notoriety on uh, places like MLB Network and ESPN. But you got to be smarter you know? with those when you're yeah. a team like that. Like the Royals. Mm. They picked Alex Gordon to be the one guy they kind of re-signed. And he didn't really play good after those World Series runs. Yeah. That kind of really set the franchise back. So Sure. It's really tough. Do I think it's worth it? I I think if it's if it's your franchise guy, if it's a it's a Pujols, if I was the Cardinals, I think I would have signed him. Yeah, it's it's. I probably would have done the same. Because it's mean, your heart and soul. There's always hindsight, you know. When you look back on it, you have more of a clear picture than the decision at the time. But I think the decision at the time is, hey, this guy is what at the time he was like he was like thirty or something like that. Thirty one, thirty two, something yeah. like that, because it was a ten year deal, and he was like he's what's he forty one now, forty two, so yeah, something like that. So you get four or five years of him being, two three years of him probably being himself, and then about five years of him being pretty good. Yeah. And then you get a couple of years where he's serviceable, and maybe a year where it's like hey, he's not really worth it. But overall, in a contract like that, I guess you can live with that. And that's kind of what you sign up for with a 10-year contract to a guy that's about 30 years old or so. You know that those last two years or if he really goes down a hill, maybe three years for certain guys, you you know in those 10 years, you know that's what's going to happen. The fans know it. The owners know it. So you got to win him for five years. Yeah. So you got a window. And, you know, and then like you said, and to bring it back to the whole topic, then if the window closes and the door closes on, on a World Series run, was it worth spending the three hundred million dollars on that guy? Yeah. That's and again, that might be up to the fan base to decide. But then you could bring it to a different kind of a different side of it. Harper, he was twenty six years old when they signed him, give or take, right? Yeah, ten years. Like all right. Yeah, you probably got him for his whole prime. You know, yeah, maybe that's not so bad. But sure. Do you still have to win? Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to win, especially if you're the team like the Phillies getting him. Mm-hmm. Your Nationals keeping him. Hey, that's our guy. That was our prospect. That's the guy. Maybe you can. Fudge around that idea. Maybe you didn't win with him. Mm. You had to keep your guy. The Yankees like say, hey, you know, you got to keep Jeter those years and stuff. You kind of get to keep your guy. So maybe you can get around the idea. Of maybe not winning there. But if you're the Phillies, you bring him in. You got to win. Or do you trade him? We tried it a couple of years. It didn't work. Let's trade him. Or if you're the team that's got to pay him, like the Nationals, should they have traded Harper that mm. last year or the year before? Cardinals, they went to the World Series and won with Pujols. Yeah. This last year. But if you really wanted, the smartest thing would have been probably to trade him. To get something for him before he just w- walked out the door. Yeah. But you obviously were going to win. You're in, in the mode of winning. So maybe not. Mm-hmm. At the Yankees this year, should they trade Judge? Yeah, that's a legitimate question. Because you're going to get something for him, especially because you have another year on his contract. Mm-hmm. Right? I think or, so, or yeah. Or are you winning this year? Right now, no. It just is what it is. So do you do you let him walk? Do you trade him? Do you just resign him? So it's it, it's a tough... To bring it all back, do you pay or trade these guys... You have to break it down situation by situation. Yeah. But it's just, it's really, it's it, it's really tough. It's really tough. And it matters how much money you want to spend and what team you are. Yeah, it's very hard to say blanket statement that, like, this is all good or this is all bad. Especially in something like this because every team is different. Every player is different. The years that they, they happen are different. It's every, every circumstance is different. Yeah, and the situations are so much different. Like Machado Harper situation. Okay. That's a lot worth, that's worth 
the 10 years. Cause you get, you get, you're going to get pro- productivity for the 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you still have to win? Yeah. You still got to win. Pujols, A-Rod situation make it, it makes it even tighter. Cause then mm-hmm. you got a four or five year window where you have to win or you kind of lose out on a deal. Yeah. Or you kind of have a guy that's a little older and kind of, you're hanging him around as a more of a veteran, you know, but you're paying them, you know, spending money elsewhere. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a tough topic. It's not really a, you know, black and white answer, but you know, it's, if you're not going to win and you're not going to sign them, your best bet is to trade them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I always was. And I, I stick to that to this day to even with the Yankees or anything. If you're not going to pay them, you're not going to, you got to trade them. Yeah. Get something for it, you know, but, you know, you, you can pay the guy. You can risk it to pay these guys if you plan on winning. It's it's very tough. So, I don't know. It's a weird topic, mm. but it's worth talking about because it's obviously what we see, especially when so many young guys come up so early and they're, they're free agents at 26, 27 years old. Yeah, those are more – those are easier pills to swallow when you basically – the 10 years you got the guy is he's pretty much productive the whole time. Maybe he has an off year or two in the 10 years, which happens. But say if you have a guy till he's 36, 37, you're generally getting good productivity out of a guy. Especially if he's worth, if he's, you know, worth the price of admission with the money. And then there's, you know, not to belabor the point too much, but there are bad examples. Like, I don't know what, how long his contract was, but someone like Chris Davis, you know. That was awful. So there's bad examples too. There's bad signings that straight up are losses for a team. And that's, that's a loss. Yeah. Um, that's just, um, you know, that's now a, a burden on the team as far as a monetary value well, and a roster back. spot. It sets them back yeah. for their rebuild. Mm-hmm. Because at least you know, we got prospects, but now we have money soaked up somewhere where it's just not helping. And if I'm not mistaken, he's deferring a little bit of his contract, so to help the franchise. Yeah, which will help the franchise. But at the same time, it's like, you know, now you're going to be. It's like not Bobby Bonilla, maybe, but like, you know, it's like you got to pay out this guy. Yeah. You know, so so it, and it, there's other examples. It's not just Chris Davis, but he's a prime example. He's the most yeah. current example. It comes. It, it all comes down to to make it. To make I guess to make it a more broad statement statement or make it more blanket statement. Like you said is, did he break some records with you? Did you have some great years that your franchise never had before? Mm. And did you win? Yeah. If you do something like that, it's worth it. If you don't do something like that, may it's, not. it's, 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 it's a, it's a gray area. Yeah. It may not so be worth be it. Breaking records, years that your team franchise never seen before or win a world series. Otherwise it's very tough. Yeah, Absolutely. It's a good topic. It's it's always interesting to think about um, because, like we said, there's so many different circumstances, so many different players. There's And every time there's a signing, it'll be just completely different from the last one. So they're getting increasingly rare, but they're not gone. They still happen, you know. So uh, we'll see what happens with any future signings. They've got a lot of young stars in the game, and they've got a lot of decisions coming up, a la, you know, Judge, Tatis, you know, guys like that. So, Soto. Yeah, keep, Soto. Let's keep going on and on and on. Yeah, you got, you know. Freddie Freeman's going to be one where he's going he's gonna to need a big deal, and he's 30 years old. Yeah, what do you do with him? And he's so. probably one of the best first basemen in the game, if not the best. He'll so. be one of the ones where you sign for the five years, and, you know, we sign for the 10 years, whatever, and you get half a good, half it, all right. Yeah. Vado, we're seeing. Signed yeah. him through the long deal. Should they have traded him? Or do you sign him now? You got him for half a good year, half not. You know, but then you'd have the Machado and Harper where you sign him 10 years for the more, you know, nine of the 10 years, you're going to get, you know, kind of what you paid for yeah so it's it's tough but it's just it's something to think about especially now because it's a trade season yeah yeah we'll see a lot of these questions arise very very soon so yeah food for thought with the with the contracts uh so let's move on to our news segment of the show 
where, again, like I said, not a super heavy news week, um, but the first topic that I wanted to bring up, uh, the first piece of news we wanted to catch up on was the Trevor Bauer uh, incident that has been going on. So last week, Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer was placed on administrative leave following allegations of sexual assault. Uh, This is a quote coming from ESPN. Quote, Bauer has been accused by a woman. Again, I I should probably preface this with saying this could be a little, um, a little, uh, you know, forward language, a little bit, uh, vivid language. So this is an exact quote though, that I'm, that I'm reading off. So, but quote, Bauer has been accused by a woman of choking her until she lost consciousness on multiple occasions, punching her in several areas of her body and leaving her with injuries that required hospitalization over the course of two sexual encounters early this year, according to a domestic violence restraining order that was filed in LA County, uh, superior court last week, copies of which were obtained by ESPN on Wednesday. Bauer is also under criminal investigation by the Pasadena Police Department. The case is expected to be seen, or excuse me, expected to be sent to the Pasadena District Attorney's Office. Um, so if you haven't heard already, I'm assuming uh, since this was kind of last week's news, um, yeah, Trevor Bauer's on leave. I think he's still on leave, right? Is, he hasn't right, rejoined yeah. the team. He's going to be on leave for some time. Yeah, so a uh, guy very outspoken about the game, had, I believe he didn't have any comment, and his uh, representatives didn't have any comment regarding the issue. Um, very vivid um, and exact detail the woman went into. I tried to find the most clean quote I could of just kind of this is what happened. Comes from pretty serious allegations. Uh, I'm not going to say either way whether they're true or not because that's all they are is allegations at this point. But a guy like that, you know, you obviously don't want to see even the allegations come out, it's something to this degree. So so we'll, we'll see what happens to the case. I'm not going to really wish anyone the best until we know more. You know, yeah. hopefully yeah. – uh, hopefully, things work out yeah, and it, justice is served. It is what it is. So we'll just wait and see on that. Yeah. Um, number two, a little bit brighter news. Uh, Shohei Otani makes history uh, yet again. Uh, Shohei Otani is officially the first player to be selected to the all-star game as both a pitcher and a position player. According to Joe Madden, he will also make an appearance from both sides of the, both sides of the ball as well. Uh, this could obviously cause an issue with the lineup as well if he enters the game later, but we'll have to see. Uh, what happens with that? A lot of speculation was that it would be easier if he started the game as far as what happens if he enters the game. Um, and then that kind of makes the pitcher have to hit. And does that cause an issue? And, but I believe it's Kevin Cash's job to figure that out. But Joe Madden kind of gave his blessing on letting him do both, uh, which is no surprise from someone like Joe Madden. But yeah, so kind of cool. You got, you got Otani, just this unique thing happening, you know, for the all-star game will be, it'll be fun to watch. However, they figure it out. Yeah, yeah, good for him. I mean, that's obviously something we've never seen before, so uh, that's exciting. Some small topics I got to throw out there. You know, we have the Home Run Derby uh, lineup set up. Um, that includes Matt Olson, Pete Alonzo, Otani, Trey Mancini, Trevor Story, Salvador Perez, Joey Gallo, and Soto. That's a, one of the better lineups we've seen in quite yeah. some time. And we're going to be in Colorado with the, you know, the way a ball jumps out of there. So that's an exciting lineup, rooting for Matt Olson all the way. So... We'll see. It should be exciting, for sure. Uh, some lefties, some righties, some surprise names like Perez and maybe even Mancini and Olsen, maybe a little some more surprise names they'll put on, but some guys who really got some power. Yeah, it'll be cool to see um, even someone like Pete Alonso, the defending champ, as a righty uh, in that stadium. But there's a, I, I, I'm pretty sure, if I remember the, the whole list correctly, I like all those guys. Okay. There's not a person on there I don't like. So I'll be rooting for Matt Olsen because I know that's Frank's boy, and I like yeah. Matt Olsen too. Um, but honestly, I like Juan Soto a lot. I like Salvador Perez a lot. I, I like Trey, Trey Mancini, Mancini would, be awesome. would be would be awesome. You know, I, there's just not a guy on there I don't like, and I couldn't see winning it. So yeah. good luck to all of them. We'll talk yeah. about it next week. 
Yeah. So uh, some other news here. We got Toronto. The Blue Jays expected, hoping to get back to Toronto by July 30th. Hopefully they're getting passed by Canada and all their uh, protocols to have the team return home and play home games back in Toronto for the first time since, what, the end of 2019. So that would be exciting for them, especially being in in a playoff race. Albert Pujols becomes the fourth player to reach 6,000 total bases. That's unbelievable. Good for him. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Adam Eaton DFA'd. You know, World Series hero for the Nationals and, a, and a, quite a veteran we've seen. Uh, signed a one-year, eight-year, eight, $8 million-dollar contract, and now he's DFA'd in June. Yeah. Or July, I should say. Not great. Um, so that's a little bit surprising, uh, especially with the White Sox with some injuries. And the last little bit of news, ever since uh, the crackdown, offense has been up and pitching has been down a little bit. So, you know, I guess it could be a bit of the times turning, obviously, because a lot of the stats that, for a while there were coming from April and May, which are still cold months, and now we're getting hot months. So that could be a bit of it, but also could be the fact that the pitching, you know, is taking a taking a hit because of the, the, the crackdown on substance. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something to take a note at. Yeah, uh, I kind of expected that, but it is also summer, and the ball's going to travel further. It's just going to fly better. Guys um, in their grooves, you know. We've seen guys struggle in the beginning. Now you see guys like Lemayu or stuff like that hitting the ball again and, and playing better. So it's a little bit of that, you know. I think it's a little bit of that too, but you know, obviously the substance. Um, Crackdown definitely, you know, helped raise the offense at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you saw some pitchers with their spin rate notably down. Um, so it definitely contributed, but like you said, and, you know, the, the law of averages for a lot of the pitchers were overperforming by a lot. Um, batters were underperforming by a lot. It's just law of averages. It had to have even out at some point, I would think. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a little of both, I think. I don't think it's just, oh, now that they don't have spider attack, it's just they suck. You know, it's, yeah. that's not, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yeah, so... Now, one last thing I forgot to add here. Um, we, we're obviously coming up on the trade deadline and the trade rumors and stuff. So some names I've seen already. Cattell Marte, Stolar Marte, Craig Kimbrell, and Nelson Cruz. Those are some names to are already getting thrown around, as well as we m- mentioned last week, Escobar for, for the Diamondbacks. So there's a bunch of names there that are already, you know, in rumors and getting called about for getting traded. So uh, keep an eye on there. There's going to be another 70, 80 names that are going to get thrown in the rumor mill. So uh, yeah. it's an exciting time. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're, we're coming close to the deadline, believe it or not, people. We are less than a, less than a month away from having the big the big day where we get a million trades in one day, even if they're little ancillary minor trades, they still happen. So then to move on to our last piece of news before the wrap-up, just an update on the College World Series. Uh, Mississippi State won the title. They won their first College Baseball World Series title against Vanderbilt on the back of a 9 nothing victory. Uh, this effectively ended, obviously, Vanderbilt's bid for a back-to-back title and looms well for Mississippi State. Uh, players looking to enter the future MLB draft. Obviously, we know of some Vanderbilt players that are going to do just fine in the draft, but that also, like I said, bodes well for Mississippi State players that were hoping to get drafted. Maybe they get a second look or a better look. So that that be that. And the wrap-up we have now. So who's doing the best right now? The Giants still own the best record in the league at 53 and 32, while the Dodgers are right behind them at 53 and 33. Uh, over in the AL, the Red Sox own the best record at 54 and 33, which is almost effectively the same record as the uh, the Giants, but the Giants have a better run differential. Um, excuse me, win a winning percentage. Then the Astros are right behind the Red Sox, though, in the AL at 53 and 33 records, so just a half game behind them. And the Astros still own the best run differential of the league at plus 140, while the Diamondbacks own the worst run differential yeah. at minus 125, yep. 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 which yep. sounds about right. Yeah, so some teams uh, I've seen that are uh, doing well. 
Uh, Red Sox are hot. Angels, Brewers, and Dodgers. A couple teams there. And some cold teams. Um, I do have the Yankees on here, but they're really not ice ice cold. But, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> the Indians, not playing great. A's have been a little, little bit of a rut. The Royals, the Cubs, I think lost now 12 straight since they threw that combined no-hitter. And I don't think they've given, I don't think there's been maybe one game in those 12 where they didn't give up like 10 runs <laughs> or more. And the Giants have been, you know, cooling off a little bit here recently. Hmm. Um, so I just wanted to mention them. Yeah, I'm surprised it's taken this long, <laughs> honestly. But to move on to our who's hot and who's not section. So first I wanted to say that the players of the week were Shohei Otani and Ozzy Albies. But when researching the um, the weak stats for a lot of these guys, they just didn't because, you know, when looking up the stats, already some days had passed in, in this week. So their stats didn't reflect quite like their Player of the Week stats. Um, so I just wanted to give them a shout-out. They did win Player of the Week, and they were unbelievable, Otani and Albie. So I uh, just wanted to give them a shout-out. I have five different players, though. So uh, first on my hot list, I have Brandon Crawford. At a 571 average, a 762 slugging, and a 1371 OPS over the last week. Again, contributing to that that giant record, probably. Number two, Jerickson Profar with a 529 average, a 706 slugging, and a 1285 OPS. Uh, number three, Starlin Castro, a 474 average, a 526 slugging, and a 1072 OPS. Uh, number four, Justin Turner, a 450 average, 600 slugging, and 1122 OPS over the last week. And number five, Ben Gamble. Uh, 409 average over the last week with a 1045 slugging and a 1525 OPS. Very nice, very nice. So, uh, some other names I got on here: uh, Reese Hoskins, hitting the ball pretty well. Max Stassi, I believe he was like uh, batting about 500. I think he was like eight for his last 16 at bats or so. Yeah, something like that. Um, Willie Thomas has been uh, on a tear since he went to the Brewers. Yeah. Um, so that's good for him. Good for the Brewers. Um, some pitchers to look, take a look at: Kyle Friedland. Hopefully he could get back to pitching because a couple of years ago he was a Cy Young candidate yeah. and has really struggled with some injuries and whatnot. But um, he's been pitching well. Uh, Kim for the Cardinals uh, came back pitching well. Uh, Willie Peralta mm-hmm. pitching pretty good. Ryan Presley for the Astros has been doing great. Um, and Dan Dunning. They, they've all been pitching uh, pretty good over the last uh, seven seven or ten days or so. All right, then let's move on to our, our not section, our cold section, um, our five players. So... Uh, number one on my cold list is Dylan Moore with a average and slugging of zero over the last week with a .056 OPS, so maybe like one walk <laughs> over the last week or so. Uh, number two, Jesse Winker, cooled off quite a bit. Uh, .050 average with a .050 slugging and a .224 OPS. Uh, number three, Luis Urias, uh, .053 average over the last week with a .053 slugging and a .105 OPS. Uh, number four, Dylan Carlson. 0.083 average over last week with a 125 slugging and a 339 OPS. And number five, Tommy Pham, an 095 average, an 095 slugging, and a 190 OPS over the last week. Yeah, it's uh, not that great. So, no. um, some other guys I got here, you know, Daza from the Rockies, Randy Rosarena, been struggling a bit, not quite having the rookie year after that postseason run that people expected. Mm. Um, and Cody Bellinger has been in a year long slump marred by a couple injuries yeah so yep. really i think the a couple of players kind of the world series hangover Mookie Betts even not really having the year that he expects mm-hmm. some pitchers to throw out there not been doing great johnny cueto jc mejia for the indians has really been getting beat up recently mm. um jake arietta just continues to to live on this list yeah uh chris bubik for the royals mm-hmm. and chapman has been getting lit up like a christmas tree with the yankees um, you already ballooned to like four point something didn't almost it? five yeah Wow. Uh, so that's um, 
It's in the longest cold streak of his career. Sure. So, uh, yeah, there's some guys not doing great on the pitching side. To get to our last, you know, little bit here, just want to go into some injuries. We've seen Darren O'Day place on the IL again. Uh, Eddie Rosario. Yes, Monty Grandal surgery on his knee. He's yep. going to be out a little while. Yep. Uh, Rendon placed in the IL for the third time this year already. Wow. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, uh, shoulder surgery. He will be out the rest of this year. Damn. Peterson for the Mets. Mm-hmm. I believe he's going to be out. He had sharp pain in his side oblique. I think he's going to be out at least eight weeks. Kyle Swarber, after the tear he was on, and I believe he was going to be in the home run derby, he had a significant hamstring issue. So he's going to be out a while. Kyle mm-hmm. Moran. Yep. Again, Zach Gallen, again, it's a, it's a young player we like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Victor Gonzalez for the Dodgers, um, one of the relief pitchers, and just recently announced uh, Kershaw placed in the IL. Yeah. So some Dodgers with Victor Gonzalez, a relief pitcher, and Kershaw on the IL. And then Bauer having his issues. Those are some you know bigger-name pitchers for the Dodgers that are going on the IL or not going to be with the team. So that's uh, definitely can cause some issues for them. Yeah, definitely some adversity. Yeah. Some on the lighter side of the injury news, uh, John Means um, expected to be back shortly after the All-Star break. Uh, Didi returned. Cool. Bumgarner is progressing. He should be coming back soon. Okay. Chris Sale, again, uh, throwing to live hitters. He's expected to start a rehab assignment. Um, they said it's probably going to be you know, early to mid-August he'll be back mm-hmm. pitching. Mm-hmm. And they expect him to pitch when he comes back. He'll be ready at least to pitch about six innings when he comes back. So he'll be ready to pitch. Um, so maybe a start or two in the majors, and he'll be able to pitch whatever he wants. Okay. When he first comes back, they expect him to be able to pitch at least six innings. All right. Nico Goodrum back. Mike Trout progressing. You're Don Alvarez. Missed a couple games from paternity leave and whatnot. Mm. Uh, he was day-to-day a couple times, too. Yeah. Uh, he came back at two home runs yesterday. Um, mm. I call him Delgado Jr. Morcana. Mm. They expect him to be back about mid-July, mid-end of July. And the Mets had a bunch of injuries there. For the most part, getting back. Brandon Nemo, we've seen back. Conforto, we've seen back. Jeff McNeil, we've seen come back. Yeah. Um, so they're progressing, for the most part, in the right direction. Sure. So that's some pretty good news on some big names on the injury side, but we also lost some decent names on the injury side. So it's, you know, a give or take kind of uh, approach. But that's how it is. Yeah, kind of 50-50 week, you know. Yeah. Other than that, the, the last thing I wanted to do was a trivia question. And All right. with the All-Star game around the corner here, and – um you know, home run derby and stuff like that. It's one to, you know, get an all-star game trivia question here. So the question is, who has the most home runs in the all-star game ever in their career? It's a good question. Yeah. Because it, it, when you hear the name, it's it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, there's guys that come to your mind first, yeah. you know. Yeah. So the answer is Stan Usual. He had six home runs in 72 plate appearances and I believe, what, 25 all-star game? He was yeah, he two. was in a lot, yeah. So, he has the record for most home runs hit in a career in All-Star game history, with six. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think you told me about this. Was that for some years they had, like, two All-Star games or something I like that? I believe early in his career they had two. I think they had the first, you know, first half at the end of the year. So, um, he got selected twice a couple times. And that's what I was going to say. He got so like, 26 times and only played 24 years. Well, yeah. Only played, but, you know, that yeah. concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Stan usually has six home runs in All Star Game history. If you go look up, you get a chance to go look up some All Star Game stats. You know, record seven plate appearances in an All Star Game, and um, you know, two home runs in an All Star Game, single game, and RBI highs, and two triples in a single. Game. It's pretty crazy. You'll see some, you know, some different names on there, uh, which yeah. are always uh, pretty cool. 
you know, it takes one guy to be hot one year, make the All-Star game, and then have a hot All-Star game, and he's in the history books. You know, so, and we, as we all know, you know, Ruth had the first home run in All-Star game history, even 1933, when he was old. Mm-hmm. He still was like, oh, I'm an All-Star game, I'll hit the first home run. Yeah, of course. So, that's what he does. It's just, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool to go see All-Star game stats, because that's the best versus the best. Yeah. And for a while, for a game that counted. True. So it that's wasn't like true. you couldn't really lay up. Maybe a little bit, but not so much because it's it's you bragging rights and it counted. Mm-hmm. Back then there was no let up. Pete yeah. Rose showed us that. Yeah, yeah. Beat the snot yeah. out of the guy. So mm-hmm. um, it's pretty cool to go see some stats though. Hey, what was that? Ray Fossey hit? Was that yeah, the guy's uh, name? I'm pretty sure it just that was it. Yeah. The guy was never even close to the same. And he was he was supposed to be good too. He was, he was really obviously he was an all star. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all we got here. Yeah, um, that was a good uh, good trivia question. Um, I hope everyone had a good July 4th. We are going to, this is being uploaded a day late. We are recording a little late. So because of July 4th, we apologize for that. But other than that, I don't really have much else to kind of talk about. Um, you know, we're very look, much looking forward to the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. The next time you hear from us, that'll all be over. But uh, we're very excited to watch it. And I'm sure a lot of people out there are excited to watch the Home Run Derby to me is always the, the always spectacle. A good time, yeah. yeah. It's the so. best All-Star weekend performance events i think at all the major sports i agree Maybe basketball can compete but i don't think i think baseball is the best one i agree but uh yeah we're excited to see you know fourth july just came up so that was that was pretty cool to see the different uniforms and the special hats and stuff so that was pretty cool mm-hmm. all-star game home run derby celebrity all uh, softball game I like to see because you know i get to see raleigh fingers or you know jim told me one year and you get to see some some pretty cool guys again futures game you know i'll it's always pretty cool to see some of the young guys, and then two years later you see them in the majors. You're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. That's, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a great time. One little side note here: um, last week I won in fantasy baseball, and that was my 225th career win in fantasy baseball. Jesus, it's fantastic. A nice even number milestone, and yes, I have one championship, and you can blame Mike <laughs> because he stole one. I did. Stole it, just came over and just took it. Yep. So I should have at least two, but I have one, and I do have 225 wins. I got a 650 win percentage, which is incredible. Yeah, you're you have like, <clears throat> I think you just straight up have like 20 more wins than me or so. Like just you have like a whole season of just wins more than me. Yeah, and I, I, I just don't win the championship, <laughs> but I have lots of trophies. First, second, you know, not first, but second, third, quite a bit of those. Yeah. <laughs> But first place eludes me. But yeah, that was my 225th career win. So I thought that was uh, that was a pretty big, pretty big milestone. Because I think Mike is second, and he's I, I, I'm not sure. If, I'm probably sitting at like 200. I'll just say you're right. I don't know. Yeah, 190 something, 202 something. You're not far. I, don't, I, know, I don't know yeah. if you hit 200 though. Well, if you're at 225, I got to be right there because yeah. I know I'm like 20 something behind you. Let me so. Look it up real quick. We got it right here on on our, on our app here because fantasy football. I mean baseball. We've been doing. This is, what, our 11th season? Something like that. Uh, since 2010, I think. Yeah, um, and we had the one, you know, the COVID not year. Yeah. So, yes, I have 225. Let's see. Good old gambling man, Mike. <laughs> see. 173. Wow. So I have 50 less than 589 you? 589 win percentage. That's, that's incredible, too. That's pretty good. But three first-place trophies, so. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so you're coming up two wins away from 175. Pretty big milestone. I'll get him this year, I think. <laughs> that'd be well, that, that'd be real bad if I didn't. You heard that here first, folks. <laughs> if he doesn't get two more wins this year, that's the reason. 
but uh, he's looking all right this week. So, um, but yeah, that's. I think Mike has the second high. I can't see anyone else. Probably. Uh, beat up to our, our boy Dom. I think was is probably the next closest. Um, I think he's probably around the 140s. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Well, the only milestone I have to share for the week is that I beat our buddy Dom. Oh, good. Yeah, and you did um, beat him. That's all I really needed in we're life. We're going to see him shortly, so that'll be talked about yes, quite a bit. Yes, so. of course. I beat him twice this year. What, what's up? Yeah, he might beat me <laughs> twice this year, too. So That's true. What's up? But Yeah, but you know what? It's hard to beat a team three times. That's very true. And you did it twice to two people. That's and true. And two usual, I would say 95% chance both of us are going to be in the playoffs every year. So It's a tough hill. You'll probably see one of us in the playoffs. If you don't see either of us, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that would be impressive. um, Yeah, fantasy baseball is always great. We always have a great time. Uh, Me, Mike, and Dom always have, are in the same division. It's it's always a good time. Yeah. It's it's a tough, it's tough. It's not quite like fantasy football. Not everybody jumps all over it, but we always have, we always have a pretty good, pretty good league. And we actually haven't had many trades this year, any. No one's really pulling the trigger on that. So we'll see some trades hopefully coming soon. Our deadline's coming up as well. So that's true. Yeah. Got to think about that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to come down to the wire. It, we got a good, we got some pretty good teams this year. Yeah, it's pretty competitive. Again, like I said last week, if you're not in fantasy baseball and you're a baseball guy, give it a shot. Try to get some friends together and do it. Yeah, you, you can know? do a small league. We have a 12-team league. Yeah. That's that's good. But you yeah. can get a 10-team league. You can get an 8-team league. Yeah. The teams yeah. would be more stacked, but it's still a good time. It also keeps you up with the stats. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, it, help, it helps you keep, keep up with your favorite players and uh, guys you wouldn't normally even care about. All of a sudden, you care about – you know. All of a sudden, they become your favorite players. Yeah, you're like, oh man, he's batting three hundred. Just became a guy. You would just he just saved my year to one year. And yeah, now I have him, and I always see him, and makes me smile. So yeah, and um, it's always a good time. It is always a good time, and you always have stories, and you know, Mike beat me, and so you always remember it. So mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, play fantasy baseball, go out and play it. Yahoo's got a great. You could customize yeah. your whole league. ESPN, I believe, kind of sets your own league, gives them your own standard, which is fine. Yahoo lets you go to town on whatever you want so you can have a whole analytical league if you wanted yeah which is great or you can um, have a nothing league where it's just like straight up like wins hits it's very simple mm. so al only nl only it's you could do whatever you want yeah it's which awesome. is cool which is great yeah so you know like we said if uh, if you haven't done it uh we highly recommend it if you have a group of friends that you can do it with yeah. preferably do it with people that you that you know and that you can talk trash to and you know all that good stuff yeah yeah and you keep <clears throat> and you can keep the, the league relatively the same every year same guys yeah. You know, and then you could do, you know, we have draft pick trades in ours, and we do try to do an offline draft, so we all get together and do it. So it's always a really, really good time. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our that's our little fantasy update for the week. We got uh, quite a few weeks, obviously, until the playoffs, but it's a lot of things are fast approaching. So you know, you know, you got to keep an eye on it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but other than that, that's all I got this week. That's kind of uh, all the updates I have. And like I said, next week will be a bigger episode because you got a big point in the season with the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby. Yeah, the first one we've seen in, in two years. Yeah, which will be – I'm so happy. I love the Home Run Derby. It's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, it's so, so good. It's an exciting time. Exciting yeah. Time. Uh, so with that, uh, I guess we'll just wrap this up. huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Michael Pre. You can follow me on Instagram at Michael Pre. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.